not recycled in a day. Hello and welcome to Rome Was Not Recycled in a Day. Keith and Molly back for another episode of the podcast that helps you to incorporate recycling more into your daily life. We're here to discover more ways to recycle and also stay up to date on the ever-changing recycling world. And we'd love to hear from you listeners. Yes, we've got a whole website just waiting for you. Yes, you to come and visit it. Rome was not recycled in a day dot com. It's a little long to type, but it's worth it. We promise. And there's some great stuff over there. I think it's great stuff, but um, I have a, a vested interest. Uh, there's the previous episodes. If you think you missed one, well, they're all right there for you to check out. Uh, there's our blog, which is slowly growing. It's it's kind of an organic blog. Get it? Uh, um, and <laughs> that's not even worth laughing at. And there's uh, also our contact form. So if you have questions, if you have show suggestions, if you have a recycling dilemma like, oh, it's so hard, I can't do it. Well, Come to our website, RomeWasNotRecycledInAday.com, fill out that contact form, and I bet we can try and help, which that's actually what we're going to be talking about today, in fact. I'm really excited about our guest today, Molly. We are welcoming to our show today, Matt Nesbitt. Matt, welcome to the show. Woo-hoo. Molly, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Matt is the owner-operator and other duties as assigned with Field Culture Compost. And I, I read a little about y'all online, but I want to hear all about this straight from you. Start by telling us what is Field Culture Compost and what do you guys do? Yeah, sure. So Field Culture Compost is what I would consider or classify as a community composting operation. Um, we offer two, three services, actually. We offer a residential uh, pickup service, a commercial pickup service. We also sell uh, ready-made compost for your garden. And so our residential uh, service, uh, we provide a bin and some educational materials to homes and families as they are um, you know, consuming food over the week. They deposit it into this bin. They set it out on their curb like they would, like you would your trash on one day a week, and I come and pick it up. The same for commercials, except the bins are a lot larger. Uh, the mess is a lot more. Um, <laughs> most, most of my commercial accounts consist of restaurants or some coffee shops, um, and we take all that material back to our compost site. Um, and through a process of you know time and temperature and some other magic, we make compost out of that. And that compost is then gets to be used um, by home gardeners, landscapers, uh, and and farmers, too. And that's what I'm really excited about is the farmers who get their hands on it. So this is an awesome business model because you got it going on both ends. You're, you're, you're picking it up from people and, and saving them the... the the trouble of managing their own compost and then you're you're turning it into landscaping material on the other end so you're putting it back into the earth that's right we try to that that is awesome molly you're you're a big fan of of composting and and yes. you're a big fan of getting stuff back into the earth yes so i i feel like i'm obsessed with closing the loop on things so that we don't live in a linear way but we live in this circular pattern where we give feedback and we give 
knowledge and then we gain knowledge. So it just sounds like if you're eating mindfully and um, in a way that's good for you and for the planet, then the waste would be able to go back, right? And so you're providing a service to, to make that easier for people and an educational tool. Um, is this a price? Like, is it a paid for service by the month or like, how do you, how do you operate? Yeah, that's great. So um, people go to our website and they sign up for what it really, whatever service fits them. So we have a weekly service, also a bi-weekly service. Um, in most households, two, three, four people um, choose the, the weekly service. They produce a month, enough waste to, to warrant that. And um, that that is $24 a month. So six dollars a week, and I mean, that's less than we spend at Starbucks. That's, that's amazing. That is amazing. It's very affordable. Yeah. Um, the biweekly service is twenty dollars a month, and we come by um, twice a month. Mm-hmm. And so those are usually for the single person households who live in apartments, condos, um, who just don't produce as much. Molly, I only wish that was that was more than I spend at Starbucks in a month. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was trying to make and, you feel better. <laughs> and, and Matt, you do the pickups, and is it on a regular schedule or as often as people need them? How's it work? That's right. It's on a regular schedule. So as you sign up, we have what's called um, sort of neighborhood pods, and you get placed in a pod as you sign up, and each pod has its own day. So we run a service on Tuesdays for um, one or two neighborhoods in the metro mm-hmm. area, and then Wednesday, and then Thursday. And you're doing this all over the, the Birmingham metro area? as many people as we can possibly reach out to. There's um, some finagling of uh, how to make a route. You know, mm-hmm. we want our route as saturated as possible, obviously for economic sake. Right. Um, and so people do get switched in and out of routes uh, every other month sometimes, mm-hmm. but we try to keep it as consistent as possible. So once you sign up on a Tuesday, more than likely you're just gonna stay on a Tuesday. And, and but, this is a, fairly is this a fairly new business how long have you been at this yeah we've been uh field culture compost since 2019 okay and our, right. our residential services since 2020 how's how's it taken off so far more than we could imagine to be honest with you that's awesome uh, which is incredible we um have a residential customer base of close to almost 500 households now wow, wow. we have close to 30 something commercial clients um, and we're still trying to build more pods or routes mm-hmm. to reach more people. Well, we'll see if our audience can't help you with that. Yeah, That's and I, I, I so love this pod concept because we, we often find when we're researching recycling that we're creating problems as we're trying to solve them, mm-hmm. and the carbon footprint on our recyclables just gets to be so ridiculous sometimes just trying to get them to the right spot. So if you've got a density in a pod, then that saves on the carbon footprint, which is just and can encourage your neighbors and maybe yeah. you can get to know your neighbors yeah. if you didn't know them before. Um, hey, how did y'all come up with the name Field Culture? I wish I could take credit for that. We hired in the very beginning. We are not creative people, so we needed <laughs> help with um, logos and names, and we hired an, an agency. He came up with the name. He came up with some logos for us, and we. We pointed at one and said, we love that. That one. It was all him. You know, you do what you're good at and let him do what he's good at, and it all works out in the end, I guess. Why did you start this business? Um, That's a long story, but I'll give you the abridged version. Um, 
I have a background in uh, culinary arts. I worked in uh, restaurants here in Birmingham for about 10, 12 years. Some of them high-end restaurants where we would see um, some great produce come through the back door from some local farms, uh, from the farmer's market. Uh, so I really got firsthand knowledge about how things grow that way. I'm um, talking with some of these farmers as they deliver to us. I then transitioned into being a farmer. I did an internship at Serenby over on the um, in central Georgia, great seven acre organic farm, and spent some time there learning, really learning the ins and outs um, of organic vegetable farming. And that sort of fostered a love for soil health, mm -hmm. compost usage, growing food, um, growing healthy food in turn to grow healthy people. Um, all that stuff sort of, uh, sort of grew inside of me during that time. Um, and so spent about seven years on different farms here in Alabama, in Georgia, in England, um, and moved back here, started a family and just decided how, what can I do to sort of stay in that, uh, this sort of that lifestyle and knew that there was no um, convenient place to get compost here in Alabama. Mm -hmm. If you search for, um, you know, compost for my garden, it'll send you straight to the big box stores. Home yep. Depot. Yep. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for some kind of organic alternative to that, you really have to do some deep digging and calling. And then if you do find it, you're going to pay an arm and a leg for it to get it shipped here. Um, mm -hmm. So basically, you know, saw saw a hole in the market and decided that that's how I was going to stay involved in, in agriculture. Um, I was going to try to be fairly honest with you. I wanted to make compost for my farmer friends. Yeah. And so they didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for it. Nice. Can I, um, not only a lover of recycling, I'm also a lover of words. And can I point out that it makes me so happy to hear your story because you said the idea grew inside of you. You moved back to Alabama, oh, planted roots, and started Molly. a family. And then, if you really wanted good compost, you had to dig deep for it. Oh, <laughs> you're a poet. <laughs> he meant to do that, right? Oh, no, it's all intentional. It really is fascinating, though. You're you're right. There isn't much down here. And, you know, I grew up in Central Illinois amidst a whole lot of farms and landscape recycling centers and things like that. And they're just not as common uh, in in metro areas uh uh and, and yeah it, it it really uh you, you did find a great a great void in the market to fill and also a really nice way of sort of connecting your uh your, your different passions with the with the, the restaurants and the farming that's fantastic i will i will just say you know i i talk a lot about soil health because that's sort of what's first and foremost inside my mind for me food waste diversion Composting through food waste diversion came almost secondarily to me. I had to learn about that on the fly as mm -hmm. I wanted to start composting. Um, with composting, you need inputs to make compost. And I came to find out there's one re readily available in every household, um, in every restaurant, everywhere. And if you can capture that and divert that away from landfills um, and then make something useful out of it, um, to me, that's just really important. I just had to learn all that secondarily. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people, they get into food waste composting because that was their passion. You know, I'm just upfront about um, 
had to sort of learn that secondarily on the fly. Absolutely. Let, let, let's actually talk about that. What can people put in the bin that you pick up? Sure. So this is not uh, sort of a blanket statement across the board for composting, but we will take almost anything. So people are used to hearing home composting, don't compost bones, meat, dairy, cheese, uh, dairy. Um, but we, we take all of that. You know, if it, uh, if it's a natural product, we want it and we take it. And the, the main reason for that is we're able to process that material efficiently mm-hmm. um, through our process of aerated static pile composting. Um, it gets hot enough to break all that material down. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, if it, we have a, a kind of cheesy statement, if it grows, it goes. If it grows <laughs> throw it in the bucket. Um, there are some caveats to that, but um, there's a lot of stuff that we do take. So uh, your cardboards, your leaves, your shredded paper, um, obviously your banana peels, your coffee grinds, your coffee filter, as long as it's not bleached, um, your natural paper towels, um, eggshells, bones. Okay, so how big is this bin we can put this in? So we offer a three and a half gallon bin. Does it have a lid? It does have a lid. Because I was worried, I was thinking if, you, if you're doing a bi-weekly thing, how do you control pests and rodents? Yeah, you want to keep the critters out, right? So that's a great question. And that's that's huge on, uh, I think, people continually continuing to compost at home. is mm-hmm. learning how to manage their waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so we provide a bin for you, which we suggest that you use like a trash can, like your um, external trash can that you roll to the curb at the end of the month. On the inside of your home, we suggest that you um, have an inside trash can or an inside uh, container that you keep your organics in mm-hmm. and line that with a, a liner. They make uh, great compostable liners um, that you can line a bin with and you know throw your dailies in there. Don't and line it with a plastic garbage bag. Oh, please. <laughs> please don't line it with a plastic please. garbage bag. No. Um, but yeah, and then to keep those, uh, some people, if they have room, they like to freeze their waste till the mm-hmm. end of the week until it's time for their pickup day. That's clever. Uh, some people just tie that bag, put it in their bin, and then they reuse another bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's multiple ways to do it. It's just, you know, whatever management technique sort of fits your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Now, I, and, and, you know, we've preached on this show several times if you're doing your own composting, you can't put those meat products in there. So that's awesome that you'll have a process that can take those two and and that's it's going back into the earth. I mean, yeah, that would break down in the landfill too, but wouldn't it be better in a farmer's field than in the landfill? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, you know, as as we're we're finding out, you know, landfills they this organic waste isn't breaking down in the landfills. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's putrescing and creating these pockets of methane that just seep out over time, or even more dangerously, you have a whole pocket of methane underground that um, hopefully doesn't explode. Right. Um, so, wow. yeah, these organics being sent to landfills, you know, people think, oh, it'll just break down or, you know, it's sort of the same thing as composting. It's it's really not. It's really important that we manage those organics the, the proper way. That's a great lesson there. I mean, we just think about, well, it's going to go in the landfill and break down. But, yeah, you're right. It's so compressed. That's right. That's not going to happen. That's that's right. bad. That's bad. 
Um, there obviously is still some stuff that can't go in the bin and has to go in the landfill, though. What what do you find are the biggest problems of people putting in your bins that shouldn't go there? If I was a politician, I would outlaw produce stickers across the board. Oh, thank you. If I if I started collecting uh, Chiquita banana stickers, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have a billion of them. <laughs> so you know, all that goes to say that anything plastic, uh, who's made of plastic, um, really shouldn't go in a compost bin. Um, no cellophane, plastic wrap, no styrofoams. Um, we don't accept bleach paper, which means no white paper towels. Um, Nothing chemical. Um, so let's say you used a uh, paper towel to wipe your windows with Windex. Mm-hmm. We ask that you don't put that in your compost bin. Right. Um, you know, just really anything unnatural that wouldn't sort of biodegrade, mm-hmm. you know, we ask that you, you leave it out of your compost. Which, yep. if you take a look at it from a home standpoint, you should really have, if you're composting everything that you can possibly compost, you really have little trash at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, you should have yeah. the, the wrappers, the, unfortunately, the plastic wrappers, the produce stickers, mm-hmm. the bleached paper. And that's, you know, and then you yeah. your random trash. That's really it. And we've talked on other episodes about how to reduce the plastics. So if somebody really, really wants to get into this, use your product for for composting and and reduce their plastics then yeah you're going to have very little in that in that garbage can at the end of the week that's mm-hmm. that's so cool uh but pretty much anything in the kitchen then as long as it's not plastic um can can go into into your bin yeah i'm trying i'm trying to go down the list we give each residential um customer a refrigerator magnet that has mm-hmm. the do's and don'ts of field culture compost. That's awesome. So I'm trying to go down the list of our don'ts. But that's really, um, people sometimes think dryer lint will go in a compost bin, but unless your clothes are 100% natural fiber, <laughs> then obviously there's um, yeah. you know, plastics in there. So we ask that that doesn't get thrown in there. Um, no the... kitty, kitty litter. Ooh. We get that. We get that. Uh, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, boy. So what's the craziest thing you've seen put in your compost bin? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> By oh, crazy, I mean the, well, the least expected. Well, I found a calculator one time. Oh <laughs> you got to wonder if that was an accident. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm assuming that someone's child probably just threw it in there and no one saw it. And yeah. they're still looking for their calculator. Where did that but thing we, go? I, I just had We get pins, forks, lots of silverware, oh. all the way. Um, pins, <laughs> peelers, like kitchen utensils. Uh, we get it all. I, I think I think everybody needs to have a magnet on the top of their garbage can, just like restaurants do, to catch all those utensils. Because yeah, be, a lot of those, a lot of those get lost, and I can see why they'd come your way as much as they go to the landfill. But they do less harm in the landfill than they do for your processes. So. <laughs> wow. So. It, there are other areas in the country that have programs like yours, but not everybody has a program like yours. And we have we have listeners around the country that aren't in the Birmingham area. If if they are in the Birmingham area and and they 
they want an easier or more thorough way to do composting, I, I hope they'll check you out. But if if someone's trying to start their own composting and they're struggling, uh, what kind of advice would you offer them? Sure. I, I think that's a great question. You know, our services, they're really not for everybody. And I, you know, certainly don't try to push it on everyone or anybody. But uh, I, I would also, you know, I would like for people to try to compost at home first before they try our services. Um, I think the one sticking point people always run into when trying to compost at home is their lack of carbon. Mm-hmm. To make compost, to uh, you need a balance of nitrogen, nitrogenous material, which is going to be your food waste from home, um, and carbon material. Um, for us at Field Culture Compost, that consists of a lot of wood chips, a lot of sawdust, um, sometimes some shredded cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but at home, if you don't have those things readily available, what ends up happening is you end up just making a pile of nitrogenous material, not enough carbon, and you end up with a stinky, wet pile. And you get mm-hmm. frustrated and you think that this is not worth it anymore because you saw a raccoon run through your backyard with you. <laughs> right, right. Hey, can I tell you a fun fact about words? Sure. So I had a hard time remembering what the nitrogen com- carbon um, categories were. And so somebody helped me and said that the word nitrogen has the letter G in it. So if you think about the greens from your kitchen waste, that's your nitrogen. And then carbon has a B in it. And most of the carbon products we're using are some shade of brown. So if it, if it was like a dried up leaf or cardboard or wood chip, those are usually the color brown. And that was the only way I could remember greens and browns were nitrogen and carbon. I like um, that. Yeah. That's so, so sometimes I'll say, oh, it's, it's the nitrogen carbon. And people are like, I hate chemistry. I'm not doing this. Blah, blah. I was like, no, 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 no. Really? It's just greens <laughs> and browns. You can do colors. <laughs> As long as I can remember how to spell nitrogen, I'm in great Oh, that's shape. true. You got to remember. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you can remember three to one browns to greens, mm-hmm. you really in, um, it, you, that's, you're off to a good start. And that's mm-hmm. a volume sort of a volume ratio there. Um, but what happens at home is, you know, in the fall time, we always have an abundance of leaves falling from the ground or falling from the trees to the ground. Mm-hmm. That's an easy um carbon input to your compost pile what happens in the spring and summer you know what are what are people supposed to do it's hard you know um people cut their grass all spring and summer long sometimes you can use grass clippings but when grass gets compacted like that inside a compost bin it um it starts to putress as well and doesn't compost so i always tell people that if they're um they can always collect carbon over the fall time have a big pile of leaves in your backyard. They're not doing anybody any harm, just sitting in the corner over there. Just let them be. And then as you make a deposit of nitrogen into your compost bin, also make a deposit of carbon. What a great idea. That's, what a great idea. Just keep keep your keep your browns handy. That's right. I like it. Um, wow. Some people might have an abundance of cardboard. We all use um, Amazon. You can shred that cardboard, um, and that can be a good nitrogen, in, excuse me, a carbon input into your compost bin. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of management techniques that it, it's just a really it's a it's a balance of materials that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also cool. need some airspace inside there. You can add a, a a large branch or two inside of a compost bin just to break up um, some of that pile. Um, 
and then some water. You need you need it to remain uh, moist. And I always tell people that <clears throat> a wrung out sponge is sort of the the moisture content you want your compost pile to feel like. Hmm. If you ever if you ever reach in there and take a handful of it and you squeeze it and you have water that comes through your fingers, it's a little too wet. You need to add some more carbon to it. Gotcha. If it doesn't stay together in your hand and crumbles away, it's too dry. Too dry. Okay. You need to add a little bit of water. This is so awesome. So it's it's really compost. Unfortunately, it. I'll say this: good compost, unfortunately, isn't a sort of set it and forget it type of thing. We all want to just throw it in the backyard in a pile and let it break down into dirt, and eventually it will do that. But if you wanted to make some good compost out of the materials that come out of your home recycle the material um, to use in your garden maybe later next year. It just takes a lo- just a tiny bit of effort and you can, anybody can do it. A little, mm-hmm. little bit of effort to stay on top of it. I, I think with even just the, the tips you gave here, Molly and I could do a blog post on this for folks to have as a reference if they're, if they're trying right. to get started and we can put that up on our blog. Uh, and then, yeah, if, if, if you find out that it's, it's, more than you still want to try to do, or if you do want to have a use for some of those materials that don't break down well in a standard residential backyard compost bin, then they can reach out to you. 100%. We're here for them. And people can just sign up for your services on your website, correct? That's correct. And I think it's so beautiful that you were talking about soil health um, requires motion and watching the time and the temperature. And I think as we age, same thing. We've got to stay in motion and watch the time and our temperature, <laughs> right? Like, so like health and wellness all around. Yeah. And starting, I mean, from the dirt your food grows in to the food that you put in your mouth to nourish, nourish yourself. It's just that's just so beautifully put. This is this is great. Y'all have a great product, Matt. I'm I'm so excited about y'all, and I I wish you the best in you uh continuing to to grow the business and uh do some really good stuff for the environment well thank you very much yeah. and cheers to you guys for um trying to educate everyone on you know the benefits anything environmental is sort of um i'm always down to talk about and i i really jive with people who are sort of on that same uh mindset you know we all have to live on this planet so we got to take care of it we absolutely do matt and it's great to know there's programs uh, like your company that can help with that, help folks who are maybe a little bit overwhelmed. Fieldculturecompost.com if you want to check out uh, all of the services and information that Matt's company has to offer. Uh, Matt, again, thank you so much for joining us today, helping us to move our own recycling and um being better to the environment forward one step at a time that's what we do here at rome was not recycled and today reduce reuse recycle but relax because rome was not recycled in a day see y'all next time This has been a production of Moose Crossing Studios.